0: Welcome everyone to the Ready for podcast. On today's episode, we will be
1: discussing online learning and navigating the new HyFlex model. I am Shelby DeLay and I am the Residence Director of Yale Hall here at Belmont. My
0: name is Taylor Richards. I'm also a Residence Director here. Uh, I'm currently the Residence Director of Yale Hall. And here with us, we have our resident expert on remote learning, Dr. David Schreiber.
2: Well, good morning, everybody. I, I, that's a, quite the title, um, remote expert. I will say I am a navigator of remote learning at the moment, but um, I appreciate the, that call out, that shout out there. Uh, I am Dr. Schreiber, I am the chair and assistant professor of creative and entertainment industries program at Belmont University. Thanks
0: for joining us, Dr. Schreiber.
1: So I know that uh, the past six months have felt like a pretty uh, big unexpected shift in the way that I'm sure you are used to teaching your classes and the way that your students are used to engaging with uh, the content that you teach them, but what are some ways that you've typically framed your coursework to keep your students engaged and how have you had to shift that over the past few months?
2: The learning outcomes have stayed consistent. Those have not changed. What's changed is the method of delivery and how we can engage the student. That's the biggest thing. So, the courses, the quality of the courses are still the same. Um, that is not changing. It's just we as teachers need to be creative in how we deliver and how we need to now navigate this new tool, Zoom in particular, and then how we navigate. This new high flex model that is that has been more of the challenge than anything else.
1: Could you maybe kind of explain what the high flex model looks like?
2: Yeah, the high flex model is a model of instruction that allows the faculty and the students the highest amount of flexibility of going in and out of the classroom. Uh, it's designed to we have part of the uh, the class in person where students are in the classroom participating, but then for whatever reason, we may have students who are participating with us via Zoom. So they get similar live instruction happening, but at the same time, they have the flexibility if they become ill in our current situation with with COVID-19, they can stay behind or if they feel that... uh, being on campus during this time is just not for them. Uh, they can stay back home and, and participate via Zoom that way. I do think one of the best things about this high flex model is that not only is it flexible, right? But there's this almost hybrid isn't necessarily the right word, but there's this approach to having a robust online asynchronous course that is then also also supplemented and value added through in-person instruction and also through Zoom. And it's the combination of these three types of approaches that has really helped sort of propel this model and give that type of flexibility.
0: For sure. Well, how do you think, or how do you feel like you've noticed your teaching style change in order to teach over Zoom or through an online format, if you've noticed the change at all?
2: So the biggest change, like the teaching style, I think is similar. I think instead of being able to do uh, group, Discussion on something, what we have to do is utilize our breakout room tools and that technology through Zoom. Uh, A lot of times I will try to get some type of feedback or try to do a pre-quiz, some sort of self-assessment with the students before we talk about a subject or reinforce it. And the polling features in Zoom have been really great for that right? Being able to use the resources in a way that allows the students to continue to engage and use what I would normally do in the classroom, but use the technology uh, in a similar fashion via Zoom has been, been kind of great. There's also features with with regard to, um, like if we're talking about something, if we've done a breakout discussion, right, with small groups, and we come back to the larger classroom and we discuss it as a whole, we can annotate via our slideshow on Zoom to be able to take those notes as students are, are giving feedback or sharing their experiences on something. We can take a snapshot of that and then we can post it for later observation or study if the students need that. So Zoom has been a really great tool to help this high flex model uh, be what it is. I think all of us as instructors are just praying and hoping for grace and patience from our students uh, because it's not so much the... Um, methods as much as maybe navigating the technology that has been the challenge for us.
1: But it is good to hear that there are things that stay consistent, because I think that's something that students and parents think about as well, especially sending their freshmen to college this year, knowing like half of their classes are going to be over Zoom, if not more than half, Uh, Mm -hmm. but what's staying the same with their professors and like how their professors are still caring about them Mm -hmm. in the same ways.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and that is absolutely true. None of that has changed at all.
1: Um, What are some of like the common concerns that you've heard from your students and how have you navigated the like virtual learning or distance learning and then getting them like the
2: help that they need? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think their biggest concerns have been more about technology oriented uh, Internet issues, connections, um, feeling you can tell the anxiety is there because they're emailing us more. They're trying to keep us more apprised of where they're at and what they're doing. Uh, my internet went out tonight. I don't know if I'll be able to participate in class. Or um, we've had—I had a couple of students who were impacted by the hurricane um, that went through. And you know, just making sure that they're there. And I think the best thing that we can do as faculty is just show some empathy and concern and passion, compassion for the situation. We're all going through a very difficult time. And just understanding that in in our communications when they email us, just being patient with them and saying, not a problem. Here's what you need to do to fix it and and work with it. And I think if they feel that, even through email, not being short with them, just being approachable in communication and reminding them that they can talk to us about that. And if there are privacy concerns and something comes up, in the classroom, how uh, feeling that unease about asking questions, that's what the chat is really great for because you can send private chats and I've had multiple private chats coming from students in the midst of something where they can ask me and they don't feel like they need to broadcast it to, to everybody in the classroom, right? So it's all of those showing some empathy, showing some passion and grace throughout this whole process, hearing them and just trying to meet them where they're at.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember... Back whenever I was in college, for one, online classes back then looked very different than what online classes look like today, but especially right now with, you know, Mm -hmm. video components, things like that. But we got the syllabus at the beginning of the class and it was almost, it seemed punishable by death if you had to ask the professor a question because you got the syllabus and then that should have been all that you needed. But then there were a lot of times where, It seemed like we had never seen the professor's face. they had never seen our face. How do we connect with this person? We're really concerned about the interpersonal aspect that we're used to in, you know, classroom, being able to see one another. And so um, I think that it's going to do a lot of students good to hear faculty talking about offering grace and being understanding and, you know, caring for their students well.
2: You know, can I reflect on something you just said, Taylor? Because I think this is an important part of how things have shifted. I've I've taught online courses uh, a number of times in previous years, not so much here in Belmont, there were a couple that I did, but at other institutions where I taught online. And the model for online teaching for the longest time was just what you described. It was what we're now calling asynchronous, right? It was And that was the benefit of online instruction. You could take it, it was designed in a way where there was a lot of independent learning, where students who had needed flexible schedules or even adults who needed flexible schedules could work during the day and then do their coursework on their own time. And that was was the benefit. And that is still the benefit in some of, uh, of these classes. But since COVID and since we had this technology boom with Zoom, it the, the the idea of how online instruction should go in higher ed right now has completely shifted. Uh, synchronous type of learning, uh, so you can see the professor. You can have these typical lectures using the tools like breakout rooms and chat rooms and um, screen sharing and all of that. That is not what online instruction used to be. And just in a matter of a couple of months, that has absolutely shifted. And I always prefaced. Online instruction before was for a certain kind of student. I tried taking two online courses once back when I was a master's student. I dropped out of them. I couldn't do them. I just, it wasn't, it's not for everybody. It wasn't for everybody in that model. But I think this way, it's different. Students have that interaction. They have the accountability in a way that the previous model uh, didn't really allow so much. Um, that doesn't mean it's not still here. We still have those asynchronous courses, and there's still that benefit of independent learning, and the outcomes of the courses will still be similar, but this is, this is a completely different animal. Uh, and I think the parents out there um, who have a little bit of that unease um, should feel a little bit more comfortable that this is much more closer to the in-class experience than it would be what we've known as the online asynchronous experience before. The technology is a great tool, but it can also be the barrier to the learning process. So I think one of the things as instructors right now, we're really trying to limit those barriers and it's going to take a little time. Like they might, you know, students might be going back to their parents about, yeah, this particular class that we've had these hiccups where I was dropped from Zoom. I was dropped in the, from Zoom in the middle of two classes yesterday. And that cha- that causes some challenges. So the technology is great and it can really work well and make, and the experience could be great, but it's, it's going to take us a little time to, to really minimize those barriers that can also be created from it. So
1: I also think technology kind of adds this like camaraderie of like, oh, we're all doing this together. We're all figuring mm-hmm. this out. No one here is, is like better at this than anyone else. Cause this is all brand new. Um, and it also is kind of cool to know, like, this is a way that People are learning across the entire world right now, mm-hmm. and so that is that is really cool to just hear. Like it, it can be a barrier, but it also can be for like so much good. I yeah. sometimes yeah. wonder
0: about how permanent this shift is going to be in education.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering
0: if it's just going to be the thing right now, whenever it has to be, or is this something that's going to stick long term?
2: I'm certainly not a resident expert on this. Okay. So this is just kind of my experience and what I'm feeling, what I'm hearing from students, what I'm experiencing. I think when this all started, the conversations were about, well, watch out because here, you know, this is going to be the shift to this online education and, and, and campuses that really invested in infrastructure are on this cusp of, you got to be careful, right? I think Maybe that was the initial thought, but what I'm hearing and feeling is the value of in-person education hasn't been more reinforced than ever before. Absolutely. And that interaction with great faculty and students, there is a lot of value to that, that technology is, just can't replace. Technology is a tool. That can help supplement that experience. I don't think this is going to be a long-term shift. I think we've learned a lot. and We're going to learn a lot more on how we can use these tools Mm -hmm. in circumstances and adapt, but I I think this has told us that a lot of us value and appreciate that in-person instruction more than ever.
1: Like when I think about myself, I've learned so much more about technology over the past few months or even just learned how to use different features. And so yeah, when I think about my students coming back and being here and, and living in this building and doing their classes in their rooms, mm-hmm. uh, but then sometimes going to class physically, there is just so much that we're, we're learning about ourselves and learning about each other that maybe we wouldn't be learning if, uh, if it weren't for this whole experience that we were having together of figuring out all of the newness.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, it's, there's college, as as any of us would know, so much more than just the classroom. I think the classes that students take is such a small portion of that whole experience. And what I think this has allowed us to do now is be okay to have, you know, Zoom meetings. I think those are great under circumstances, right? But having that flexibility and that having maybe an office hour. If someone does become sick or if they're stuck in the middle of something or they can't get to you, I think what this has taught us that this is absolutely just as effective. And it may not be the preference because I think a lot of us would prefer to be in person, but if something does happen, this is okay. And we can really get our work done and, and be productive through these these technologies like Zoom. You know,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I'm appreciative of it for sure what about a piece of advice that
0: you have for students in general adjusting to the online learning environment?
2: Yeah. I just just say, hang in there, right? I, I do think this is, this is temporary. This is not going to be, at least I hope not. Like, you know, I, I, I firmly believe this isn't how it's going to be a year from now. Uh, and just hang in there, be patient. You know, 50 years, they're going to be able to say, you know, yeah, I know what it's like to go to college in the middle of a pandemic. And it's an interesting experience. It's probably not something you, you wish for every anyone, but it is something that I think we're adapting well and just showing some grace grace and patience with your faculty, with each other. And we'll get through it. It's temporary, and it, it will lead to a good story, uh, I think, many, many years down the road.
0: <laughs> well said. I just, don't you have the urge to just clap? I <laughs> want to clap. <laughs>
1: No, I think it's really apparent that you you care about your job and you care about your students a lot. And I think that that um, is really encouraging for uh, even people like Taylor and I to hear who are caring for students when they're not in a classroom. It has been really cool to talk to you and um, just really nice to hear your perspective and uh, mm-hmm. your positive outlook on, on what is happening right now and how we are learning and teaching and developing students. It's been
2: a joy. Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad uh, you guys are doing something like this. I think especially if it it keeps parents in touch with maybe what's happening on campus and hearing some voices here and just know we're getting through it, right? It it isn't ideal necessarily, but but we're doing it. Yeah, it's it's been great to kind of share this with you guys. And and if you guys ever need anything or if parents have questions, uh, I'm hope they know that they can reach out to someone here at Belmont and we'll be able to get back to them as quickly and compassionately as possible.
1: As we wrap up this episode, we just want to thank Dr. David Schreiber for the time to be guest on our show. If you want to learn more, check out our other Ready For episodes on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you next time.